0: Jordan Assembly of God, Sunday, August nineteenth, two thousand twelve. Pastor Greg Wolf. Title of the sermon: Getting to Know God. <clears throat> so, for the last couple Sundays, the, um, we had a two parter. We spoke on the fear of God the first week, and then we spoke on uh, the moving of the Holy Spirit. And in both of those things, it's just going with the, um, the mindset that uh, it was going with the mindset of just wanting God to move in, in how He wants to move in a church and what that's all like. It's not focusing on a particular move. It's not focusing on a particular thing. But it's focusing on what is all happening in the body of Christ, us as a group saying, God, we want more of you, and to not allow fear to actually do that. The only way to allow God to move, the only way to do that, is to completely and utterly trust Him. And sometimes that really means getting to know God. And I was thinking about what it, what it meant on getting to know God, and this kind of came to mind tracking God. You know, that was one thing before I even came here, one of the first questions they asked me, do you like to hunt and you like to fish? That was, that was one of the first questions there. And so, in thinking about tracking and in talking with people and learning from people, and I just really tried to soak in that information, I realized that, you know, when, when Dick saw a trail, he says, oh, that particular animal, whatever that animal was, it was, they've been really crossing here a lot. And it's like, why? Because you see a lot of, a lot of the tracks and whatever. Sometimes, you know, and they'll just see it. So, I mean, I started thinking about what it would be tracking God. I mean, there's a lot of scouting involved. You know, finding out what areas. Sometimes it's just knowledge that the hunter will have. You have to look. You have to study. You have to observe You have to be really, really paying attention to what you're tracking because if you're not, you're going to miss it. Like me, I would probably miss a whole herd of elk. Dick, however, or Bill or Jim or anybody who's hunted would be able to say, oh, look at that elk over there. I went out shooting with uh, Steve Downs the other day and we were going to the shooting range and he says, don't miss the deer. I'm like, what deer? He's like, over there. I look, I don't see any deer. It's like they're right there, Greg. You could practically touch them. And I look, and I look lower, and I'm like, "Oh, there they are, two deer." Like, oh, wow, that's that's cool. But he observed. He observed. He he took into account all his surroundings. He said, "Oh, there's a deer." He knew what it was. Finding signs. That was the one thing when I was out tracking with, uh, with, with Dick. He'd he, he look for signs. He, um, and he would deduce the direction and how things go. Oh, they're making it to the water. Or they're doing this. Or they're doing that. He knew just by looking at the, the signs that he was seeing. You also have to memorize. You have to memorize the paths. So you can recognize the type of path and that you are tracking the same animal that you, were, that you were tracking. So you recognize the signs, you recognize the path. And once you find the animal, then it is more observing and studying, finding out habits, discover how they live their life, until you know them better than you even know yourself sometimes. There's a lot of stuff that goes into tracking. And I just kind of thought if we would use the same views, the same thought processes to track God and follow in His footsteps and finding Him and really truly paying attention to what things are. Our path may be full of wrong decisions, wrong choices, wrong things that we have done in our lives, things that we don't like could be full of bitterness, anger, hurt. Certain ideas, certain processes that we've just come to know as us. The Jews kind of felt the same way. They went through some major problems. And in Psalms chapter 85, I'd like for you if you'd turn with me please. Their pathway at this point, up to this point, has been really, you know, frocked with issues. And this is after they had been punished. And David is crying out to God. He says, Lord, starting in verse 1, Lord, you have been favorable to your land. You have brought back the captivity of Jacob. You have forgiven the inequity of your people. You have covered all their sin. You have taken away all your wrath. You have turned from the fierceness of your anger. Restore us, O God, of our salvation, and cause your anger toward us to cease. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. That glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth shall spring out of the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and shall make his footsteps our pathway. You hear of several things. You hear asking favor for forgiveness. You hear dealing with consequences. You hear listening and you also hear a warning. Let us turn not back to folly. And then the last section there, you have the need, the cry to follow. Psalms 85 verse 13. Righteousness will go before him and shall make his footsteps our pathway. Righteousness is basically going out before and then he is allowing us to see footsteps that our physical eyes could never see. That a carnal mind cannot see. Footsteps that stay and remain hidden from people unless they allow themselves to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. When we track God, we cannot think in our own minds. I can't track an animal. I couldn't do it. My eyes are completely blind until I go with somebody who knows what they're doing and they show me and say, See, this is what's going on. And Jesus, in John fourteen six. If you want to turn with me, that's fine. John 14, 6. I want to make sure I get it right. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Unless we have our eyes completely opened... By Jesus, unless we get alongside Jesus and say, Where are the tracks that I may know? Unless we submit our lives to such an extent that allows Him to show us where to go, we are completely blind. It would just be like me walking right past a whole herd of elk or a whole deer, and you're thinking, How can Greg, how in the world can you do that? Very easily. I'm not used to going out there and watching and seeing them, I have no clue. But you get around Jesus and Jesus can show you the things in your life. He can show you those things. But we do not allow our back past to keep us. We cannot look at our past life and say, I am so unworthy. I am so not there. We can't do that. We have to be able to willing and willing to put on the eyes that Jesus gives us. Be willing to put on that new creature, that new Person in order to see what we need to see so that we can follow the pathway of God. Jesus followed that pathway. And then in Luke 24, 49, not only did He walk that pathway, not only did He follow God, but He said this, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are in, you're endued with power from on high. Well, that power that he's indicating, that promise that God promised is all the way back in Isaiah forty four three. I will pour out, pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. And he said to Greg, he was, you know, in Isaiah they were talking to the Jewish nation. Yeah, and it doesn't really make sense until you realize that we are grafted in to that family. So pouring out of the power, pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Which brings me to the question. Why do we not fully follow but allow life so much control? Or rather, why do we not fully want God to work? You say, Greg, I've never said that. I've always wanted God to work in my life. Always. Always wanted God to work in my life. The thing about it is, is that in certain areas we love God to work in our lives. But in certain areas, we do not. Let's just look at the mirror and let's be honest with ourselves. There's certain areas of our life that we would much rather just take control of. We like to have control. We like to know that we can do things. I can do it. We've been doing it ever since we were kids. Those children are like, no, no, I can do it, Mom. Or Dad. Oh, no, I can do it. I can pour that big gallon of milk. No problem you know i can do it all by myself and admitting to somebody that you couldn't do it oh wow that's like that's like the end of the world right there you know i mean really that's like that's like admitting like like admitting defeat not fully giving over to god some of it is fear of what may happen we spoke on that before some of it is fear of straying from the word you know, there is, there, there is a proper fear that, that needs to keep us into the Word, that honor and respect, but there's that kind of fear, remember what I, what I talked about, just in the corner, scared, that you are so fearful about not obeying the Scriptures that you don't do anything, and then in not doing anything, you are not obeying you're so solid that it's like, oh, no, no, I can't, I can't, I can't do anything because, because if, I, I just can't. It's that kind of fear. But I will tell you this, mostly the fear comes from ourselves. What will God want me to do? Just think about that one. What will He find in my life? I have so many things in my life that I just don't want to face. I don't even look at it. It, it. it shames me just to even think about. I don't want to show God that. I don't want to show God stuff in my life like that. That's just so you kind of hold him at bay. I am not worthy, so I can only go so far. That's good enough, right? I'm, I can only give so much. Or, this is all that I can do. When we do something wrong, we have a tendency, and this is actually out of um, a very wonderful book, Marian Got Me, uh, Jesus' Calling, I kind of took from this. And there was a particular day, and it kind of, this is not word for word verbatim out of the book, but it was what God hit me in my heart, and it was basically this. When life hits, we have a tendency to throw off righteousness because we feel so unworthy to wear it. And we throw off righteousness and we go back into doing what we were used to doing. But what we're really supposed to do is throw off the behavior of what we are doing and put on the robe of righteousness. See, our initial reaction to say, I'm not worthy, and avoid God. All of a sudden, our prayer and Bible reading starts to become less. We start coming up with excuses to not do things. We start coming up with reasons why I don't have to do this. Instead, we're supposed to get closer to God, not further, when we make a mistake. We're supposed to, when we make a mistake, go to God and say, I'm sorry, just let me throw off that behavior and let me put on your righteousness. Let me get closer to you so you can help me. We say, no, 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 I can handle it. Um, God, um, I'm I'm not worthy of your looking upon me right now. let me fix some things first. Or maybe it's the knowing that something in your life is not right and you've given up complete and utter hope of it ever changing. You just can't make that difference. You've tried and tried and tried and you just can't make that difference. All these things will keep you, will give you reasons to not allow God to work fully in your life. We spoke in Sunday school about giving ourselves a, a living sacrifice. A complete and utter living sacrifice. But our fear cuts us away. This is God's answer in Matthew chapter 11, 25 through 30. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight, all things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls." For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We, um, We have an issue in the church because we have allowed... Things in our life, ideas in our life, fear to control us instead of actually having a fear of God, we have a fear that causes Mm -hmm. us to get into a corner. I really seek God to really move. I seek the moving of the Holy Spirit. I seek people to be healed. I seek people to be touched in a way when they come in here, you should not walk out of here not touched. When God takes the Word and when the Word of God really strikes, it goes to the very marrow. It strikes all the way through. But see, sometimes our fear of what may happen or our fear of what is in our lives already or our fear of our past or fear of things we struggle with, fear of things we walk with, keep us from allowing God to fully, completely move in our church, in our lives. And because when the Holy Spirit comes down, we know deep down in our hearts that when the Holy Spirit comes down, all things can and will be revealed. He will bring change. He will bring change to your heart. He'll bring change to your lives. When the Holy Spirit comes down, when God's presence, it brings automatic a need and a desire to dump the things of this world and to follow Him. But what if we as people, as a body, are not fully, completely ready to dump the things of the world? Well, obviously, then we are going to have the... Pretense of following without really having the deep conviction and the deep move. You're looking on the outside like you're following but maybe not truly because you haven't allowed God to really enter into that heart allowing your life to completely surrender to God. It is a completely surrendered life in God's hands and trust that allows you to be able to accept the things that He wants to change. And you have to trust God that whatever He's trying to change is something for the good. It's not to hurt you. It's to help you. It's not to destroy you. It's to make you stronger. If you have something in your life that God is indicating that you need to change, trust me in this. It's a lot easier to work with Him than it is to fight against Him. It's a lot easier to give it up and allow Him to take it over than it is for you to try and take care of it yourself. Know this, you cannot do it. If you look in the mirror and you think, I can do it, then I'm sorry, I hate to tell you this, but no, you can't. If you say that you have no sin in your life, you make God out to be a liar. If you say, I can, I can fix it, well, if you could fix it, then why did Jesus come to this earth to die on the cross for your sins then? It's important that when we pray and we allow God to take in our lives, we have to soak our lives into the very Word of God and allow His Holy Spirit to come in and say, all right, I need these areas in your life to be submitted. And we say yes. Oh that I pray that I would go before God and say I want my whole life. I'm not saying I have it perfect. I'm saying there's areas that God indicates to me almost every day if not every minute of my life that says I need to be more perfect. Submitting. It seems like every morning, even if I think myself to be as submissive as possible, God always proves that I still need to submit. I am in desperate, desperate want for this church to have the Holy Spirit move. And I need you to want it with me and the only way you can want it with me is if you allow the very Word of God. Take on that yoke and allow God to lead you in the path. When you find yourself compromising in areas of your life, be willing to admit, don't throw off, the robe of righteousness so that you can continue to do what you want to do. Go to Him and admit it. Admit what is going on. Seek out a brother or sister whom you can trust to help you if you need it, to pray you through. But we as a body of Christ need to come to God and say, I am tracking you. I am looking for your pathway. I am looking for your way, not my own. If you're tracking yourself, you're probably going in circles. You need to allow His righteousness to display for you His path. You need to soak in His word soak in His Word. Don't go one morning, one day without reading His Word or praying. Thinking you can handle it is not good. Thinking you can go one day without praying to Him and submitting your life to God and allowing Him to guide your steps, it's arrogant to to put it bluntly. It's once again being the child and saying, I can really pick up that milk and pour it without dumping it all over the floor. When the parent knows full well that you can't. The moving of the Holy Spirit, the hosting of the Holy Spirit, the fear of God, everything builds upon one another. We need to have the moving of the Holy Spirit if we want to have the power of God change this town. We need to have that Holy Spirit within us and getting to know who God is, allowing God to really move in our lives if we really truly want to have our face shine before people the way God wants us to shine. When we walk into a room, people should see our face and it should not be us that they see. It should be God. We should be willing to dump anything and everything in our lives to allow God to work. And the scripture says this is our reasonable service. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. I work with it every single day. It is not easy. But I desire the moving of God. I desire the moving of the Holy Spirit. I desire the town to be saved. I desire the alcoholics to no longer, become, no longer be alcoholics. I desire them to rise up and be the people that God meant them to be. I desire that the people that are addicted to drugs to rise up and be the people that God meant them to be. We cannot do that by judging them. We only can do that by walking in and showing them the love of Christ and allowing the love of Christ to deal in this town. We want our kids saved. We need to have the love of Christ in our lives to show them what it means to love one another. We want our teenagers to treat one another well. We have to have the love of Christ in us so that they know what it looks like to treat one another well. So that we no longer treat one another in anger or in bitterness or in frustration, but we treat one another with the love that God can only give. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this time together. I thank you, Lord God, for your wonderfulness. I thank you for who you are. Lord God, I just pray and ask, Lord God, that we may follow you That we may track You. That we may get to know You better than we know ourselves, Lord God. That we may understand You, Lord God. That we may may contemplate Your ways, Lord God. That we may meditate on Your precepts, Lord God. That we will delight ourselves in Your statutes, in Your rules, Lord God. So much so, Lord God, that when we wake up in the morning and we have forgotten to pray or we have forgotten, it's almost as if we've forgotten to dress. And we immediately need to find the first closet that we can find to crack open the Word and pray. That we desire and depend upon You, Lord God, more than we have ever. And the next day, more than that. And the next day, more than that. That we depend upon You, Lord God, knowing that You can do all things. That through You, all things are possible. And that we walk in Your path, Lord God. I pray for blessings upon these people, Lord God. I pray that You may lead them and guide them, Lord God. I pray that You may help them, Lord God, and give them the strength to walk this week, Lord God. And I pray lead them in You, Lord God. May we enter here next week with the expectation of coming together in one accord, seeking You, seeking Your face, seeking Your Holy Spirit, seeking that power that we need to walk through the week. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen and Amen.